Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Artie Tobaya is a singer-songwriter from New York and comes from a deep pedigree of music. In fact, his great-grandfather played with John Philip Sousa. Artie commented once, Music is in my DNA. It just became what I do. On this edition of Americana Music Profiles, we talk to Artie about his latest 13-song CD, Driven. Hi, Artie. Welcome to the podcast today. Hello, how are you? Good, man. Good to catch up with you here again. Um, yeah. It's been, uh, what, maybe a year or so since we've uh, talked. Has it been two years, maybe? Uh, I want to say it might be, might be three years. Really? Yeah, okay. It's I, been... I think. It's, it's, it's funny. Listen, the older you get, time goes faster. <laughs> I hear you, man. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> I'd like to say it was only six months ago, but I, I'm going to say I think it might have been... It might have been Three years ago. It might have been because you know I uh, was kind of looking back over some of my uh, notes from uh, from when we chatted last time. I actually do uh, in, in my cluttered office. I can find things like that from time to time, and uh, uh, I think we were talking about your last album, which was Aberdeen, and I think that came out in 2015, right? That did. That's yeah. it. I just don't remember where. But either way, I guess there's only a month and a half left of 18, so it's got to be. It's got to be. Three years. Yeah, wow. Years. The over. Yeah, good. Well, thanks to social media, we've been able to keep sort of keep in touch, so it doesn't feel like that long. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you, listen, you are you are far more talented and skilled with your social media than <laughs> I, and I frequently appreciate the things that you put up there that are just you know random, you know, maybe music related, maybe just life related. Yeah, yeah, uh, good. But I do I do connect to a lot of them, and I and I I try and observe that and go, you know. That's cool, and I should be doing that, too, but I never do. I, I fall into the victimized trap of being a artist who posts, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, when my next show is and, you know, what else I have going on. I'm sure, yeah. I realize I have to change it. Well, I, I'm as much a consumer as I am a contributor, so I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, in yeah. either case, I'm, I'm glad we're, I'm glad we stay in touch, and, and I'm glad I stay in touch with, with everybody, and it's good to reconnect in this way. And, um uh, and and for those of uh, those listeners that uh, are completely confused now and don't know what we're talking about, I'm talking to uh, Artie Tobiah, and um, uh, we last spoke apparently about three years ago about your CD Aberdeen, and um, so let, you've got all kinds of musical history, uh, and so uh, for those folks who don't know you, let's let's bring them up to speed and tell me a little bit about. Uh, your roots, and and uh, I think you had a great grandfather, maybe that's got some brush with musical fame. Is that right? Yes, you know it, it's one. It, it's a funny thing. I've only recently brought that out, and and but it's a truth, and a, and a truth that I realize not everybody gets to say, which is, uh, 
Yeah, my musical DNA includes my great grandfather who toured the world with John Philip Sousa. Yeah, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that is it is cool, you know. And I've scoured uh, scoured the the the, the internet. See if I could ever find it. Yeah, I have photos. Uh, my mother at one point had given me a bunch of stuff of his uh, photographs and things like that, and some some other related items to his musical life. Um, you know, in photographs or, or or flyers or you know brochures. He apparently did a lot of advertising for certain instruments. Hmm, um, okay. And, and, and you know, you know what's crazy about that? I mean, this is in the early 1900s, right? But but man, he was he was. He was endorsing this instrument, and then, you know, you'd see another ad that, oh, no, this is the best instrument. The same instrument, but a different maker. Wow. And, you know, That's cool. He was, he, was a, he was an early musical entrepreneur, as far as I could see, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. endorsing instruments and, and maybe making a little extra money on the side and doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but kind of a cool piece. Yeah, and, and obviously you, you, you didn't get to meet him personally, but that, that uh, DNA kind of rolled down the rolled down the gene pool and... and um, caught you pretty early right yeah so you know i mean so uh, so the next generation my grandfather and all of his brothers and siblings including his sisters uh they all played instruments and they all uh a lot of the brothers made a living as musicians which to be very honest with you, my grandfather died in 1972 i was i was a little kid mm-hmm. um I was unaware of the fact that until my grandfather died, he was a working musician in addition to a day job. But wow. he, he did a whole, uh, he was a bass player. Yeah. And, and uh, I did not know that of him. But I, I did know about my his brothers, my great uncles, who, who, who were still alive as I got older and, and lived long, long lives into their 90s. And, uh, and they were doing it. And then, yeah, so, and then I guess the generation... Uh, I guess my parents' generation, then, like none of those kids really got into playing too much, and then, and then I kind of pick it up, and I'm and I'm playing music, and uh, I got a cousin of mine from the same side of the family. He's a he's a pretty well known actor, and so he's on the creative side. So he and I get a lot of conversation together, you know. So, so when yeah. did the uh, when did the music bug get a hold of you? Well, you know, I. I I want to say I always had an interest in music. I have a very odd memory of being like probably seven, like first or second grade. Hmm. And there was some music class we were in and it was some popular song of the day. I forget what it was now, but I got up there with another kid and we kind of like sang along and, you know, did the whole thing. And I remember walking back to my seat and a kid, boy or girl, I couldn't tell you. And she, the, he or she said, you're really good. You should be a musician. Hmm. And my answer was, I can't. I don't play an instrument. Oh, okay. And I remember that. Like, yeah. I remember that moment clear as day. Huh. And, and and my next thing would be when I was probably about 10, I, I used to live in a place where I had to cut across the schoolyard property to get to my friend's house. And I'd cross this big field, kind of always covered in dandelions in the summertime, you know. And I, I, I can remember crossing that field. And I wrote my first song when I was like ten, called "The Birds." I remember, I remember it. Mm, you know? mm. And and it's just simple. I hear the birds singing. I hear the birds chirping. I hear the birds singing over my head. Something like that, flying over my head. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, but that's my first memory of writing a song. Then I kind of became dormant with the whole interest, and I I became an athlete, and you know pursued that as a as a as a pursuit in life, you know. And and then um, 
when that all ended, I kind of was like, well, I need I need a team, and somehow a band seemed to be a good idea. And some friends of mine uh, who asked me at one point earlier when we were still in high school, hey, do you sing? Can you sing? And I was like, I knew I could sing, but I didn't know how well. But I mm-hmm. like, I could sing. I was I wasn't singing in front of anybody, <laughs> and so I passed. And then and then like a year and a half later that opportunity presented itself again and I was like, Yeah, I, I think I can sing and you know, that was uh that was like thirty something years ago. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And so, you know, that's how I got there. I, I, I you know, those couple of moments strung together over right. time and then that opportunity and then you, you know, um it just started there and it's I've never really looked back, you know. So has this been a professional career for you kind of from that moment forward was there well no i'm gonna say excuse me i'm gonna say early on i kind of you know i really dabbled for a number of years just being in a cover band and you know not too long i mean maybe three or four years i i did really just cover music and Mm -hmm. you know i i was i was doing a lot of southern rock a lot of blues you know, um, some Stones, Clapton, Allman Brothers, mm-hmm. Leonard Skinner, like all that kind of stuff. And um, in fact, in fact, my guitar player one time booked us into a heavy metal club. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and we were the only. And he found out that the owner loved Southern rock, so he told, "Oh, we're a Southern rock band." Oh, and man. the guy booked <laughs> us into this place, and we literally were playing like these hair bands, and then we'd come out like in jeans and flannel shirts. And it was like, it was like a, uh, it, it, the first time I played it was like a moment out of like Animal House where like we came out and like the whole room stopped <laughs> and looked at us, you know, and then it only took for as long as we started playing and we got to a good guitar solo and all of a sudden it was like, oh no, these guys are cool. Yeah. You know, but a classic moment, like, you know, the hair bands with the spandex and the, you know, all the hair and the crazy stuff and the air all fist pumps in the air and then we come out in flannel shirts and jeans and work yeah. boots and whatever. And and so, um, you know, uh, yeah, so I mean, you, you know, it, it was, I kind of weaned, weaned myself off of that and then I, I had my first original project like in the, you know, after that, you know. And then and then it kind of just slowly took and then at some point, you know what the big change was? I said, you know what? I got to treat this like a business. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I made the shift to treating my music as a business and not a hobby, I was no longer a weekend warrior. Mm -hmm. I was no longer doing this as something like, you know, look at me, I'm in a band, you know. It was, it was, I realized for me it was something more than that at that point. Mm -hmm. And and so, um, you know, I took a a much more strategic business-like approach to what I was doing. And, you know, we went from playing 12 nights a year to playing 50 or 60 nights a year to playing... 100 nights a year to playing 200 nights a year and i've been doing that for the last 22 years wow wow that's a lot of a lot of time on the road and on the stage too yeah yeah well i always kind of laugh i say to people i said i i perform more nights than elvis presley did <laughs> you know which is a truth of course yeah, right. his was on a much grander scale sure yeah yeah but but you know he wasn't carrying his equipment in and out 90 percent of the time right yeah yeah but but you know um but it is a truth you know i mean it is a truth i mean i i have i have logged a lot of shows you know over the years and and you know shows big small insignificant irrelevant great fabulous fun you know yeah. all, all all sorts of varieties of what i do but yeah. you know um so so the last yeah. album was your fourth and we mentioned that yep. earlier aberdeen and and that uh kind of 
looked like it changed the landscape for you a little bit. You had some yeah. uh, had some success and kind of put you in a different position. Is that am I reading that correctly? Yeah, no, that's the truth, man. I mean, I, I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I the mistake I made with the first two records, which I know is a common mistake, is like I made the record, had no money left over, had no plan, had no strategy, had no you know nothing nothing other than I made a record. You know, and I right. think I might have still been. I, I might have still been in the mode of thinking, oh, I'll make the record and I'll be discovered, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't realize there was more to it at that point. Yeah. And then, you know, so by the time we got to the third album, which was Chase the Sun, had a little bit different attitude with that, uh, a little more strategy. Well, not a little more. I had a strategy. It got me some success. Aberdeen... I had a much different strategy. I had learned a few things, um, you know, and, and part of that is, you know, it's a business. And so any successful business, you invest your money back into the business, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I which I hadn't been doing previously. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Aberdeen saw some success. You know, we charted on three different charts. Um, you know, got picked as a, a CD of the month uh, out in L.A., I think, or San Francisco. Um you know, got featured in a few different spots here. And, and you know, honestly, charting at this point, it's it's nice to talk about, but, you know, I, I can't afford to get into the top five. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of reasons, you know, that still goes on. But the but sure. bottom line is I, I didn't have the budget to, to really yeah. push it further. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the reality is, though, I, I get to, you know, you still get to say you charted. And what that did do was it opened up doors for other opportunities mm-hmm. because all of a sudden people are going, oh, this guy's a charting artist. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He must be good. And, mm-hmm. and it was almost, almost as though you didn't need to be vetted as hard as if you weren't a charting artist. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, yeah. And so I had, some, I had some nice opportunities as a result of that. You know, I got to share the stage with some some notable artists and, um, uh, you know, and I, and I see it as a, as a foundation for where I'm at now. With, with the new record, you know? Yeah, yeah. I read where you got to work with uh, Tanya Tucker and Dr. John in Kansas. That must yeah. have been... <laughs> Kansas yeah. especially. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a I'm a child of the 70s, so, uh, you know, yeah. K- Kansas was, was that cool, epic uh, well, band, you know? <laughs> how cool do you think it was? You stand there going, carry on my right. record. Oh, my God, man. Like, I can't believe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were nice guys, too. I mean, yeah. they, were, they were nice guys, very affable, you know, and... and and, and receptive and warm and you know uh i've been fortunate to open up for a lot of people and uh with the exception of only two everybody has always been you know i, I would say a, a varying degrees of nice yeah you know, just yeah just two of them were kind of like oh really you know but yeah whatever like i'm sure. not I'm not that hung up on. I don't get. I'm not that delicate that I'd be like, oh my yeah, god, you yeah. Know? <laughs> but but yeah, but all, all all great experiences. And you know, Dr. John called me some. Uh, <laughs> Dr. John, I was like, he, he just had open hearts or had a bypass, a bypass or a pacemaker put out some heart issue. Mm. And I'll tell you what, man, here he is, and he's like, you know, for me, I'm like, on this is Dr. John. Yeah, this yeah, John, you know. <laughs> It's like a six-time Grammy Award winner, he's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like right. Dr. John. And and when I met him prior to the show, man, he's like he's he talks real quiet. He's real quiet in his voice, and he's moving real slow. And I'm like, holy cow! Like, can this guy perform? But I'll tell you what, man. He got to that piano. He sat down, 
And as soon as the first note, he was like, rat, that, 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 uh, and he, he just went. You wow, know, he just that's went. awesome. And it was cool. You know, it was yeah. cool to see the music do that for him. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. he, he, he was still recovering, but man, the music just brought him to another place. Hmm. And, and, um, and he was, we had a nice exchange after the show and he, he was very complimentary and, uh, you know, um, so that was cool. And, and, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I've gotten to do some things and, and, uh, uh, you know, Kansas, I'm with you on the Kansas thing. It's like, oh, that's Kansas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kansas, <laughs> yeah. So, so the new, the new project is, uh, driven and tell me about that. Is it different? Uh, it, it sounds different to me. Uh, it sounds like it's a little bit different, uh, direction maybe. Am I, am I hearing that? Well, you know, I, you know what I think you hear and I, and I think it's what's lacked previously with the exception of Aberdeen. Um, I think my first three records were, uh, a little, you know, they were a little, uh, they were a little scattered. They weren't as, uh, uh, tightly, you know, they weren't as cohesive as I would have liked them to be. And I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not talking about, you know, stylistically genre wise. Like somebody, I was talking with somebody, oh, I think Al, the guy that I worked with on last two on Aberdeen and what do you call it? And I was saying something, I don't know if this one fits in. And he made some reference to a a specific Beatles album. I forget which one it was. But he said, you know, it has this song and that song. Are they the same? You know, and I forget. It was like Helter Skelter and uh, 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 Rocky Raccoon. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. he goes, do those sound the same to you? And I'm like, well, no. He goes, just make music. And I was like, oh. And so that was a very liberating thing for me it was very uh, it was a singular comment but it was it's very liberating to go yeah like because i think early on i got feedback like on one of my records maybe even when i was trolling around for a, a record deal you know well your stuff is is not your stuff is too many different styles or whatever something like that and, well, you know and so i think what you hear is what i think i've accomplished on driven for the first time is there's a cohesiveness on that record from beginning to end that threads through song to song to song. Mm-hmm. And even though it's little variations, you know, I got a little two-step toe tapper and then I have something that's, you know, uh, people describe as being, you know, uh, an acapella song reminiscent of the fifties. And I got another one that people are like, wow, that was like kind of heavy. Like it's a real rocker. And I'm like, Oh really? That's how you hear that, you know? Yeah. And so, but I, but I think the thread is those songs all come together nicely. I, I ended up, I think there's 13 songs on that record, and nine of them I wrote in a three-week period uh, in the month of December. Hmm. Uh, last, okay. last December, about a year ago now. I, 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 I've written in little bunches, like a bunches previously being two or three. I don't know what went on during that three-week period. All I know is that at the end of it, but it was really less than three weeks, at the end of it, I had nine songs that I went, wow. Hmm. good i like it and it really became the catalyst for the record it was yeah. like i got i got to go in and record these yeah so i i used those nine and i pulled in a few others that i you know i have a my my catalog is probably 100 plus songs and i've, I've only released probably 40 something of those hmm. so you know i've got a bunch of songs in surplus and so i i picked off a few that i thought worked well with that set of nine that i wrote in that time span and um and then I, I really pulled together a set of guys that were, um, 
uh, also musically very cohesive, even though they hadn't all played together as a unit. Um, uh, Cyrus and Fuzz played together in their own band and with others. I used my, my, um, my rhythm section, uh, Mark and Stuart, and then uh, myself, and then I, I had uh, Tracy come in as a, as a background female vocal. Mm-hmm. And so everybody kind of worked with each other at different times, but never together as one unit, but that came together quickly. And then we recorded those songs over two days. We did 14 songs in 15 hours. Okay. Wow. And, and over, over two days. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then we, you know, and then I did a lot of post-production where, you know, I might've brought in, you know, a mandolin or a fiddle or sure. a, you know, whatever. But the, but the, the, the core recording was done over those two days, Sunday and Monday. And but, so I think what you get is that it was that it's, it's, it's cohesive. Yeah. And it has a real, um, kind of fun 70s nostalgic vibe to it you know like it, we were talking about kansas and not that i hear kansas but that era of music uh kind of feels like it's peppered throughout the you were calling that yeah. cohesiveness it, i kind of feel that uh almost sentimental when i hear hear different notes and, and chord progressions it's like ah it kind of it kind of feels like something i've felt before kind of thing so it's it's really yeah yeah it was, it's funny so i've gotten that a handful of times where people say it, they're like, yeah, like it's familiar. There's something familiar about it. Yeah. And, and, um, and I, I, I think you're right on too. I, I, I'm aligned with you on the idea that it's fun. And, you know, when we were trying to pick singles to, to start working the record before we release it, you know, I gave it to a handful of trusted people outside of the band, you know, and I just said to them, look, I said, tell me your top three picks. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing that happened was, you know, let's say I gave it to ten people, I might have got twenty songs out of those ten people mm-hmm. because yeah. you picked A, B, and C, somebody else picked D, E, and F, somebody picked G, H, and I, and then somebody else picked C, D, and G, and and it was like, you know, it was like, I, and I started to realize it myself. I was like, if I just put the disc in of these songs right now and randomly let it start somewhere. Mm-hmm this record could start with any one of these songs yeah. and it could end with any one of these songs. Yeah. So I really felt like that for the first time I had a record that I had not compromised on any of them, on any of the songs. Hmm. I, 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 I feel like I had the first record that I've ever done where I went, yeah, every song is good. And, and you know, in relative terms, good to me. I'm not, I'm not worried about pleasing everybody out there, sure. but uh, you know, I left that record, when we said it was finished with no regrets, no compromise, mm. nothing that made me wince, nothing that made me go, ah, we shouldn't have, we should have left, should have taken that out or we shouldn't have left that. I left with every song going, I, I like that song. I like everything we did with it. I'm satisfied with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, and that is the first time I've ever arrived at the end of a record feeling that way, which is largely, I think, because I essentially, for the first time, really produced the record you know, uh, uh, largely on my own. I mean, Al, mm-hmm. again, I think I listed as a co-producer with Al, but I mean, you know, I I secured the band, I got the studio, I brought in the players, I insisted certain things had to be away and I'm not going to compromise on them. And, you know, the little bit of back and forth, well, I think it's good. No, 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 no. I want to do this. You sure? No, 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 wait, hold on. You, got, you hear that word? That says that it's supposed to be this. That's that it's supposed to be the. You know, yeah. I get down to that much minutia with it without being crazy. Yeah. But in the end, 
for me, it's the best record I've ever made, and yeah. I've never felt that way about my other records. I've liked all my other records. I've seen a progression, but this is the first one I go, this is the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, that's cool. You know? Yeah, yeah that's no, good. It's a nice feeling. Yeah. It's a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So where can, uh, where, where can people get a hold of it? I think you, you said that you're doing a little bit different distribution-wise. Uh, people yeah, want to so, talk to you, want to get the record. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, so so... You know, I've been doing a lot of research on the business end of things over the last three years since the release of Aberdeen. And, you know, I think a common trap, and I, and I, I, I fall into this camp, um, a common trap for independent, you know, DIY artists, whatever you want to call folks like myself, you know, who don't have the backing of a major label, you, you know, the, the trap is you... you you try and do what the major label artists are doing. And, and so therefore you're on iTunes and you're on here and you're doing this and you're doing that and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, the missing component as well, that record label might have a few hundred thousand dollars behind that record. You know, I've got a budget that's a few hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and so what, 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 what seems to be becoming out more as a truth is that, yeah, if you're an independent artist, you can't survive in the major label artist model and make it a lucrative endeavor, right. you know, financially or get the, get the attention that you might be looking mm-hmm. for. And so, um, and I've had people tell me I'm crazy, but in this particular case, so far driven will remain off of all the, um, you know, the iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff. Um, I'm going to drive people to my website. Mm-hmm. They can, they can get a digital download of it there. I'm going to drive the CD baby for physical and or digital there. Um, and I'm going to make it exclusively, exclusively available only on one of those two places, my website, um, or, uh, on CD baby. And so I designed this new website. That's a, a direct to fan model. Um, and, uh, I opened it up at the end of August and thus far I've accumulated about, uh, about 500 new fans, uh, via that website. Yeah, that's awesome. Driving, no, it's it's been it's been great. I mean, it's been great. And and, and yeah, the cool thing about it is, I've gotten into these dialogues with people via email or Facebook. Um, you know, and I'm getting to know these people. You mm-hmm. know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, one guy complained he couldn't open the site up, and you know, kind of called out the website as not being that great. And I sent him a message said, "Hey, man, look, well, what happened? You know, how can let me let me try and help out?" And you know, it turned into him being like, oh, I can listen now. You guys are awesome. And we're going to yeah. buy your records, you know, but that's, but that's the value of having access and content, a uh, con- connection rather yeah. directly to your fan base, as opposed to somebody goes through iTunes. They don't know you. They don't know who it is. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to try this and see how it goes. Thus far, it's been pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we haven't released the record yet. It's going to release like in two weeks or so. And, um, again, going to make it available through my new website and, and through CD Baby exclusively and, um, and, 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 uh, and see how that goes. You know, what, what's worse going to happen? It's not going to sell any better than my other stuff or, or <laughs> right. it's going to sell better. Yeah. So, you know, I, to me, it's a no lose. And what's you know, that no uh, web address? The new website is my last name. It's T like Thomas, O B I A to buy music.com. Okay. So it's just T O B I A music.com. Um, and, uh, 
and you'll see you can go in there. You give me your email address. I'll send you some free music, and then it kind of puts you into a. Essentially, I mean, to be totally transparent, it's a sales funnel. I mean, sure. they put you in there. You're going to get some emails from me over the next, you know, uh, the two to three weeks that are basically designed to get you to know me a little bit better. But the, the ultimate goal being that hopefully you'll be willing to support my music and, and make a purchase or two. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, and and so and 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 so that's sort of so what what, what I'm doing with it and and uh, you know the first single uh, we released the first single Phoenix which is the one that was kind of an acapella song mm-hmm. it's just a fun song and and um, that charted to I forget now number something like uh, uh, I think uh, thirteen maybe okay. thirteen I think it, it charted on one of the charts to number thirteen it's, it's just a single yeah and. Um, and you know, I got a Christmas song that's going to come out now because all those non-com stations and stations we're we're going after through the radio campaign, they go to the holiday music now from now till the end of December. Yeah. So we got a holiday song, an original Christmas song that I wrote that that that's called "It's Christmas Time," and and uh, that's going to bridge us to January, and then I'm going to release another single off the record, um, uh, off of Driven. Uh, it's uh, it's called uh, uh, "Shine uh, Shine On Baby." Okay. And uh, and that's you know, my radio guys that I'm working with, they're kind of like, look, the first one is just sort of to get people's attention and get your name in front of them. But that single we expect to go. Mm-hmm. We expect it to get a lot of airtime. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, yeah. and, and it gets, a, it gets a good positive response. You know, yeah. It's a good positive response. It's, it's a, the storyline is just basically about going to an Allman Brothers show, uh, and and uh, so I kind of pay a little tribute to the almonds throughout the song. So you know, I'm a big Almond Brothers fan, and 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 certainly with the passing of Greg and Butch uh, recently, I, yeah. I think it's it's a little. I wrote the song a long time ago, but I, I think it's relevant. You know, I yeah. think it's a relevant song, and and uh, so I'm excited about that, and and uh, you know, um, and and seeing where it all goes. You know, I just always look at it as, you know. I'm here for the ride, so let's let's take it as far as we can, yeah, and get as much yeah, fun out sure. of it as we can, and yeah. and see what happens. You know, yeah, that's uh, awesome. Well, thanks, Artie. I appreciate getting a chance to catch back up with you, and and excited about the new record, and certainly wish it wish that uh, it does well for you. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, Greg. I really appreciate. It. I appreciate the time as well. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points.
FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 